0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly
1: podcast network.
2: Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, the podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. I'm Tom. And for this bonus episode, we're going to share some hometown tales. (laughs) So, just to give some context for this bonus episode, in our last Scary Stories episode, we actually put a call out for stories from people's hometowns, specifically scary stories. We don't need to know if your town has a has an awesome water park or anything like that, unless it's haunted. In which case, oh,
1: haunted water park, <laughs> ghost of that fat kid who got stuck in the slide. <laughs> you got to pass through him.
2: Oh God. <laughs> Ah, uh, but no. So the stories we're looking for are more like ah, uh, they could be like urban legends or something heard from from a friend of a friend. But basically, those sort of creepy tales that seem to hang around your hometown, hence hometown tales. Now we did also discuss in that scary stories episode that we were going to see if we couldn't find some from tales from our own hometowns. Ah, uh, so how do you boys do?
1: I I've scratched the surface and found some stuff that I am. Scared to research further, but <laughs> I might have to, Yeah, which were kind of two things. One that I was aware of mm-hmm. and one that I was a little bit aware of, but didn't realise. Okay. Um, but basically, in my hometown of Geelong, uh, there is the old Geelong jail, which is haunted. Yuck. Um, and an old mill which is rumoured to be haunted oh, as well.
3: That mm-hmm. sounds fucking haunted, Tom.
2: You, uh, it's, you put old in front of any building and it's just awful. I don't yeah, like it. Even
3: it's, just mill. Like a mill, Just to me, that's just prime haunted real yeah, estate. Yeah,
2: like Stephen King would make a meal out of that. Oh,
1: can we not talk about old mills? Because just down the road is an old paper mill. Oh, oh Tom. It's following Lights you. Lights are always on and I never see anyone working in there. Oh, do oh, God. It's probably just automated.
2: Yeah. It's 2021. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's one guy, he turns it on and then he just sits in an office and plays PlayStation <laughs> until it finishes. Yeah. But yeah, so, so the mill, I'll start with the mill because I don't have heaps on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a little bit more on the jail, but I, I will endeavor to do more research. But again... I got scared. Yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was it. Was enough for me. Yeah. There's an old sort of uh, paper mill um, in Buckley's Falls, which is a, an area just in Queens Park in Geelong. It's mm-hmm. um, just like a little waterfall, and um, I know as like teens, it was like a thing you could have to like sneak into the mill. It was a dangerous place because like it's right next to a waterfall because it's a mill, mm. it has to be near water, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how mills work. Yeah. Is that how mills work? Does that be need water? <laughs> yeah,
3: that's from watching Pokemon. That's my um, understanding
1: of how they work. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about the the Brock. Yeah, we're Brock. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, Brock's dad. dad. Yeah. Yeah, you know it.
2: Yep. <laughs> I love how much knowledge we have on Pokemon and how much that cements our positions as Scardy Boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true.
1: Just tangentially... Hmm. Pokemon is fucking horrifying sometimes. Like there are little weird things in the games that are just like spooky. As there's a there's a game from not that long ago mm. where like you go into a room and this like girl just kind of glitches or, like doesn't walk, kind of glitches over to you and it's like, "Oh, you're not him." And then you just get kicked out of the room and you and you can't go back in. Mm. And then like yeah. later on you can go back in and there's just no one there. Oh. I mean This is a kids game. Yeah.
3: What about season back all the way back in season one when we were kids? Mm. When it might be season one, with Haunter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: The ghost types, the ghost house. Yeah, Ash fun. dies in that one. He gets brought back to life. F-
3: Maybe we should do that episode. Falls <laughs>
1: <up. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> down a hole and uh, dies and then Pikachu cries and the ghosts feel bad, so bring him back to life. Shit. Oh, man, Pikachu's
3: tears are powerful as fuck. <laughs>
1: they are. Yeah. They convince Mewtwo that yeah. you know, yeah. maybe humans are good. Anyway, um, the mill. So the idea. No, no, that, let's you keep know, talking you'd, about you'd Pokemon. This seems way nicer. <laughs> 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 you'd sneak into the mill and like how far could you get in the mill? It was like oh. Yeah. I, I've been in, like, bits of it, but not, like, in it, probably. okay Because, one, there is the real danger of the mill. There's also the real danger of, like, oh, crazy drug right. people yes. living in there and fighting inside the abandoned mill. Yeah, you yeah.
2: have a creepy space, weirdos are going to be naturally attracted to it anyway. Absolutely. Like, take the supernatural out of there. There's still going to be some creepy stuff going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. you go in there and there'd be, like blankets and like syringes and yeah. stuff oh, so boy. it wasn't a, it wasn't a safe
2: it's place. a real good place for kids to have an adventure <laughs> how old were you tom
1: oh like a teenager right. yeah
3: you would never do, yeah. you, you wouldn't go there now would you fuck yeah. <laughs> i'm 30
1: yeah <laughs> i oh, see but also i don't know what it's like now so mm. I, I know that there was like they were refurbishing yeah. whole areas yeah of that five mill. stars now they've cleaned it up yeah, yeah well yeah, no yeah. but like i kid you not that could happen yeah. That could have happened. They've
2: gentrified the old mill. Yeah. They've there's, gentrified the old mill. There's a bin now for the syringes. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. The ghosts are hipsters, they're real pains in the <laughs> ass, to be honest. <laughs>
1: yeah, there were just stories of like people doing the sneak into the mill and like hearing machinery and it not obviously it hasn't isn't being used yeah, and yeah. like hearing people like walking around but there's no one there. or yeah. like, doors opening and then you go into the room and that there aren't any doors anymore in that part of the mill and just all those little like creepy shit and whether it's actually that or just you're hearing people who live in that abandoned building or just other like just that fear of it but yeah there's always like there's always ideas that there is ghosts in the mill yeah is it locked up um well see i don't know what it is now back in the day it was like half of it was still open i think but on like on the on the non-river mm-hmm. side, yeah. But like this is at night. You know, you go down. Like you're not going in. Like oh, let's sneak in at three p.m. I would finish school and go to the old mill. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we would do. Yeah, <laughs> um, because we're big cowards. Yep. But yep. this this was like you know you sneak into the oh, let's sneak into the mill at night. Um, and do that kind of shit. But the thing is, I don't know what state it's in now. Yeah, I I could probably Google it and see if it's like been- no, no,
3: don't don't do that.
1: <laughs> Bad, <laughs> don't Bad. Google Tom. <laughs>
3: don't do that. We'll go there in person. But the
1: other one that is. Huh. Absolutely haunted. I actually mm. run. I think I don't know if they do anymore because of COVID stuff. But right. they run ghost tours here. But is the old Geelong Jail, which is like a really old, like you know, similar to the old Melbourne Jail, mm. in Melbourne, like a mm. like a, a a settlement era prison, right? For criminals. Bad
0: bad um, shit
2: definitely happened there.
1: Bad shit happened in there. It was even like being used as a jail when my dad was like a younger man. Oh um, right, Chopper Reed stayed in it. Like it's, it's like, a, it's, it's kind of like a Pentridge. It's like a Pentridge. Yeah, yeah. It's got that, that history of, it was around a long time wow. ago, mm. but also was still a prison for a little bit here. <laughs> right. Um, Cause they've converted a lot of it into, you know, you can do tours, there's a museum, but there's also a lot of like recreational spaces. So there's like an art studio at the back. There's like mm-hmm. um, a disability support building for like youth groups and stuff there. Mm-hmm. And there's like dance studios in here. <laughs> okay. uh, and one of my friends who is a dancer ran his studio out of the the jail mm. and the amount of times that you would hear keys jingling uh. and doors opening, closing and music playing when there was no one like he's the last person there and it's uh. coming from rooms that aren't rooms anymore and mm. it's not like pop music. It's like an old piano and like... Nah. creaking footsteps and just all right kids we're just
2: gonna dance to the old piano. We're, yeah, we're gonna embrace right. <laughs> it we're all dancing to the old piano today
1: just like the times of like you know and walking through the corridors like he'd be like you know I'd fi- he was it was his studio so like the last class had finished at like nine hmm. he'd do some paperwork maybe just do a bit of a routine himself just like cool off and whatever right. warm down and then he'd be leaving and like turning off the lights and just be like walking out of there and just feeling watched the whole, uh, whole time nah, like just right. that 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 feeling of i can't prove that there's anything in the shadows looking at me but right. i can't not prove there's anything in the shadows looking at me just that spooky spooky spooky
2: and feel. here's the thing like so it's an old jail so these ghosts not only are they ghosts first of all they're bad ghosts they're ghosts who were in jail like these uh don't like they're
1: it. not happy they no. weren't living a great time i assume the prison conditions in the old long jail were fucking dog shit they could have been wrongly imprisoned. Correct. There's also so, that, no, like,
2: but that wrongly would make imprisoned. Make them angry. Yeah. Like now they're angry ghosts. Wow. Well, like you're
3: dancing. Yeah, it could have been, you know, a bit of Shawshank Redemption. But Andy Dufresne, okay. yeah, a yeah. lovely guy.
1: Yeah. It it just it's got that that whole vibe. And there are like I did a bit of skimming, and there's just stories of people like yeah. hearing women crying or hearing like men calling for help, injured in, and not uh, seeing anything. Just fuck. shadows and people looking at and lights turning on, like just. Just lots of little weird anecdotes. And again, I could do more research, boys, but I I don't want to. Have you been there? Yeah, I've been there several times. Have you danced there? I have danced there. Okay. Mm. I've danced in that dance class and that dance studio. I have not had an experience of ghost. It just feels... I just don't like it. It's spooky. Mm. It's cold as fuck. But yeah, they do ghost tours of that jail. Yeah. So I bought us all tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
3: Yes.
2: All right, Shawnee, what about you?
3: Well, speaking of ghost tours, I looked up my local area, yep. which was a charming town called Narnagoon. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, because I I didn't really know of any stuff from when I was a kid that was haunted or mm. anything. But this one came up as a museum in Nanagoon that is running a ghost tour pretty soon. <laughs> and I talked to my dad because my dad knows everybody in that town and he knows the guy that runs it. And he right. said that he had no idea why it's been Marketed as haunted, other than maybe trying to make some money. Um, and then I asked Dad if he knew of anything spooky or whatever that had happened in right. the town growing up, and he pretty quickly was just like, "Nah." But I think I've inherited an egg from Ooh. a man with a bigger egg. Ooh. I think I think I've got to keep uh, boiling that baby, and just um, <laughs> something's going to spill out. That's my that's my theory. So I'll keep I'll keep working on him. I found other stuff. There's like a pub. That's apparently haunted, but mm-hmm. the haunting aspect is that, like maybe a hundred years ago, someone got in a fight there and died. Okay, it's no real other follow-up information to right. that. Yeah, um, I think all the way back in possibly episode one of this show, I briefly mentioned when I was a kid. There was a brief period where someone with a shotgun was going around to people's houses and knocking on their door at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was like the Narnagoon version of being afraid of the darkness of the Zodiac killer in San Francisco (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't think from memory that anything really bad happened. Yeah. And this feels like something I've repressed in the egg, but I do recall us all shitting ourselves one night because there was a knock on our door late at night. Oh, shit. Right around the height of this, but it just ended up being like my uncle needing help with... I don't know, cows had gotten out of a paddock or something and he needed dad's help.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you what, your uncle. But
3: yeah, the knock at the door, that was genuinely frightening. Yeah. I I can remember that. Yeah, I think if we do a second hometown stories, I can talk about the murder road Mm. in Narnagoon. I've got quite a few personal stories that happened on the highway
1: there. Yeah, I
3: think I've told some of them
1: to Thomas. They're bad. Every single one of them is I bad. Don't, I don't
2: know if I've heard them.
3: I want to talk to my brother about some of them because he's experienced a few as well. There's yeah. just been some weird shit that's happened. Okay. But I'm, I need a bit of an extended time period to talk about yeah. some of the stuff.
2: All right. Well, yeah, say that for the next Hometown Tales. Yeah. And also in the meantime, try to crack your dad's egg. I'll crack that egg. Don't <laughs> you worry. I'm afraid if I
3: crack his, mine will spill. Right. I well.
2: like The irony of the man who's... Keeping his egg as firmly intact as possible, going out and cracking another man's egg is—it's uh, uh, it's rich, it's,
3: it's, it's ridiculous. Just <laughs> on hometown, my new hometown that I am currently living in, yeah. There is a house on my street. Oh, I've definitely, I've definitely talked to you, yep. Tom, about yep. this. I definitely think something's up with this house. Okay, it's the most fancy-looking sort of house on the street. Right. It's on a corner.
1: It's old fancy though.
3: It's old fancy, mm. old-timey fancy. I've lived here for a few years now, and I have literally. Never, ever seen anybody entering, coming out of it. They always have lights on. They always have curtains up. I've never seen anybody in any windows. And you can see into the house quite a bit. Okay. Never seen anybody in it. The lights are always on and no one's ever home. It's a bit creepy.
2: Yeah, okay. And it's
3: got old shit in it. Like recently I walked past it and I always have a bit of a, just a bit of a look when I'm walking my dog. (laughs) Yeah. It's got – it reminded me of Hill House because it's got, like, statues and shit inside it, which oh, I've never fuck. seen before until recently. Yeah, it's got, like, old statues and old like old clocks and things like that. It's just got weird shit in it. Right. And, yeah, I just find it so bizarre that in, like, three or four years, I've never seen anybody – I've never seen any life in there. Yeah. But it's always lit up. The lights are always on. It's, it's so – it's a bizarre
2: – it freaks me out a bit, that house. I don't like the statues because part of me thinks – it's the statues that are living in this house. Well, they're oh. kind of like those half bust, they're like a bust of right. a thing. It's not like
3: a full-on, full body statue. It's yeah, sort of the upper body and the head. Yeah. But yeah, I'd never seen them until recently.
2: Oh Christ. So
3: have they been brought in? <laughs> have they always been there? I don't
2: know. Oh, oh. Jesus.
3: Yeah, it's it's pretty unnerving walking past yeah. them. Yeah. There's a few, like now that I've been walking my dog, there's a few houses that, yeah. There's one that's like condemned. Mm. Like so I saw it and I was like, that house is looking a bit run down. And then months later, I go past it, and it's just abandoned. Right. For ages, the window was open. Now, it's all sealed up. There's a fence around it now saying, do not enter. Mm. It's all overgrown. The rest of the street's all lit up and nice, though, in this house, this one house. ah, It just looks like something's gone (laughs) down in there.
2: (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, so for me, so I'm from Tarelgan, which is not too far from Nana Goons, about another hour's drive. Yep, I know it. Which in Australia is nothing. Um, So, Tagon, Uh, it's quite an industrial town but there's like there is a big paper mill nearby there's a number of power stations nearby that's sort of what why it exists i guess um so it's got history and i'm sure there's probably some haunted things but i kind of realized well for for my own house growing up in charalgan we were off we're a bit out of town we were on about six acres and i don't actually have any spooky stories about the house but i almost feel like i should or that i've or that they're in my egg because basically the house that i grew up in used to be part of an old hospital
1: oh Fuck off. So, oh.
2: so, so, another town, another half hour away called Sale. Uh, there was the old Sale Hospital. And for whatever reason, when they closed that hospital down, they cut it up into pieces and dropped it on these bits of land and sort of used them as the foundation to build a house. So half of our house is this really weird... I'll have to, I don't think you guys have actually been to my Shraugan house, but we should go there sometime. It'll be a nice weekend, <laughs> and we'll see if we can find some ghosts. No fucking um, way. Hospital, ghosts, <laughs> hospital <laughs>
1: ghosts are up there with prison ghosts.
3: I can't believe you've never told us this. I can't fact, either. The fact, the fact that when we first met, it didn't start
2: with, Hi, I'm Damien, and my... My childhood home was a hospital. <laughs> My childhood home was a
1: haunted hospital. I, r- oh. I
2: really gotta show you this house. It's it's, it's the house it's the kind of house but growing up you don't realise this is a shambolic fucking house. And then you leave and you go to normal houses and you come back and you're like, Oh, this house is really weird. There's all the blood on the walls
1: and that old uh, man yeah, in, a in the wheelchair
2: that no one talks to. That nighttime screaming. I didn't everyone have that. So yeah, of is this old hospital the old sale part of the old sale hospital. And it's this weird house where even like the chunk they've chosen so these real high ceilings, this old sort of that stucco plaster that's all sort of crimpled and crunchy. Um, and then also in our lounge room, there's like these quite thick wooden paneling that is technically you would have on the outside of a house. But for some reason, because it was the old hospital, it's on the inside of the house. And then add to this is that all the carpet is this thick mottled green shag carpet that my parents definitely didn't put in there. It existed long before we moved in and we've lived there for 30 years now. Yep. But it's like thick and it's like not a nice green. It's like this, like some light green, some dark green, some black. So it looks gross and it's thick as anything. It's long as anything. And like I used to have to vacuum as a kid and it was the worst because you never got it clean. It was never clean. <laughs> anyway, I found out there was this... Um, there was a year when my parents were actually in Frio for a year and it was Jono and I, my brother, living there. And this woman one day knocks on the door... And like I said, we're out of town. We've got a long driveway because we're on some acreage. But this woman came up, knocked on the door, which didn't happen that often. Did she ask and, if
1: uh, Tamara was home? No, oh, God. Oh,
2: shut up, Tom. <laughs> no, instead she just said, hi, can I see your house? I used to live here and I'm curious to see what it looks like. Okay. And so she, I'm like, sure, why not? She steps oh, in. That's and, so murdery. And the, <laughs> she's, the first thing she does is get gleeful. Because she's like, the carpet's still here. Don't you love it? I put it in because it looks like grass.
1: Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're like, no,
1: it looks like dog shit, lady. It looks
2: like so, yeah. It looks like grass that has gone putrid. It's disgusting. How old was this lady? Ah, uh, seventies, I want to say. She's old. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. She's a ghost. So I kind of realised that the house I grew up in. Yeah, it was pretty haunted. And like I once I learned it was a hospital, I do remember going to the having to go to the toilet at night and our house was always freezing.
1: Gee, I wonder why. Full of ghosts. And
2: the thought of, Oh, it's an old hospital and I have to go to the toilet in the dark and it's freezing cold. There were moments as a kid where I'm like, Well, no, I don't want to I'll hold it for as long as I possibly can and then would eventually have to go or piss myself. Yeah. Out the window. So, yeah. That's yeah. why everyone pisses themselves. <laughs> exactly right. Out of yeah, fear. It's that will be killed by ghosts. Right. So as with the sound itself, I I did try to find some spooky dirt on the hometown. I turned to a site called google.com. Yeah, you yeah, might have yeah. heard of it. It's a pretty good resource, i got to say. Uh, anyway, yeah. so... I found a ghost tour in Trelgan, which shocked me. I didn't think Trelgan had a ghost tour. This this um, woman, Tegan Dawson, runs this ghost tour called Haunted Hills. Or at least she did. I couldn't actually tell if it was still running or not because I had the same thought of, well, maybe we should go on this ghost tour. Hmm. But she also has a- she started a podcast by the same name. Ooh. And she had a few episodes on Trelgan and about its haunted history. So, I was in the money, right? So, I basically, I just did this podcast and ripped it off. So, <laughs> there was a few points- I'll quickly go through. So one was the main sort of park in Trelgan Newman Park that our family called Super Duper Park and I still don't really know why, but that's what we called it. Um, it was fucking awesome. It was just the best. It was a Super Duper Park. Was it really shit? No, it was actually pretty good. It has like this like little super train. Duper. It has this like train you can ride on oh, that goes around. That's so yeah, awesome.
1: It's that's, cool. I was expecting like... Just a park.
2: That's worthy of the name. Yeah, it was pretty good. So there was this. Um, so she said that some people have seen this red misting presence hanging from a tree, and that they they suspect this was a hanging victim at some point. Ooh. So that was one of the things. I'm like, oh, that's creepy because I've been there. I don't like that yeah. at all. I don't like that at all. Nah. And then another one, Trelgan Creek. So, Trelgan actually uh, is its an indigenous word that means river of little fishes. So, there's this river that runs through Trelgan. And so, another thing that people have seen are these like sort of orbs or bauble sort of floating above it. And they've even sort of taken some photos, I think, that exist. Uh, and again, Trelgan Creek floods every once in a while. It actually flooded very recently, um, hmm, as you yeah. guys know. So... Uh, she theorised that potentially these could be flooding victims or just that back in the old, old days, the creek was a pretty rich source of cholera. Oh. <laughs> so there's a chance that people just caught cholera from the yep. creek. Yep. So that tracks. And then the last one, which is the one that I found most interesting and most creepy, is that there's a there's a road in Shrogan called Drains Lane. And it's sort of a back road. And there's this story about this couple who sort of went out there to uh, get their freak on and saw a ghost. They saw this ghost just fly over their bonnet, this old man. Oof. And so they kind of stopped, they tried to see him, couldn't find him, but then all of a sudden, boom, he was there in front of them again and they got a good long look at him. And they said that he was wearing this long black coat and a bowler hat. And we don't like bowler hats, but anyway. No way. No. But that wasn't even the worst part. The worst part, that his hands were sort of held to his chest, like they were stuck there, like he couldn't pull them away from his own chest. And that his arms and legs were all bent and misshapen. Mm. So this couple saw the man and then he disappeared into some fog. And basically, they, they theorize, well, they actually know of a story of a man who got killed not too far from there, um, who was a rail man. He worked on the trains and he got hit by a train.
1: Oh, deeply, deeply Sturdy. unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. That's him. He got 100%. hit in the chest.
2: And now, as a ghost, he's holding his chest
1: together. Oh, and if you look at him long enough, he'll show you his heart. <laughs> oh, top. He'll open his heart to you. Oh, Fucking That's
3: good
2: hell. but
1: I hate
3: it. I reckon he saw the train coming and he had like a, an old-timey photograph of his wife, right, in his pocket and he was reaching for it to get one last look before he died. Oh,
2: Sean, that's beautiful and haunting. <laughs> that's awful,
1: mate. Mm. I don't like your egg. I hope he haunts you. Don't tell me that story. <laughs> Whoa. me? <laughs> yeah, you
2: Why would he come here? He's in Tirallegan.
1: Catch the train, mate. You live near a train line? Oh, he's going to
2: he's going to jump the on the same V-line. train line from uh, to get to
3: Fucking yeah. Damn it. I've caught that train
0: Maybe before. So.
1: Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
2: All right, should we go to our listeners once? Yes. yes. Or maybe not. Let's just end the episode now. <laughs> so we did, we did put the call out and we got a good response. So thank you to everyone who, um, who emailed in. We've, we've just, I've just got a couple because I knew that our ones would take a bit of time, but we do have a few more for another one. But of course, anyone listening, if you do have one, send them in. Um, if you keep sending them, we'll keep doing these episodes basically. So, our first one comes from Daniel, who says, hello, and that he's been a big fan since our first episode. And that whilst the stories he has for us didn't happen to him, that's fine. That's literally the point of the hometown tales. Um, us basically r- talking about this idea of hometown tales in our last scary Stories episode brought back a lot of spooky memories of his school. Oh, So, that's what Dan's going to tell us about. So, Dan says he's originally from Coventry in the UK and that the secondary school he went to was mostly a series of newer buildings... All except for one, which was the original structure of the site, oh, no. notably named Old House.
1: No, England haunted place in the fucking world.
2: Yeah, well, maybe not the most. Shock
1: full of ghosts. Mm,
2: it's full of them. So, is this? He says it's this huge three-story mansion built back in eighteen ninety-one. What? And belonged to this guy George Singer, mm. uh, who was a pioneer of bicycle manufacturing and oh, engineering.
1: Okay. Yeah. Do you hear a lot of bicycle bells in the old house? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So, Old House was the English block, as in they learnt uh, English, the subject there, and housed the school library on its second floor. But prior to that, as in a lot prior, it was this guy George Singer's bedroom. Ugh. He died in 1909 in his sleep, or in other words... In Old House. Fuck. Uh, and Dan says that we best believe people would definitely see him around the library or just generally around the house. So, people have seen his ghost. Fuck. Fuck. So, Dan's English teacher told him about an instance that happened to him one night when he was working late in his classroom, which was located on the very top floor. So, he was marking some papers when he heard a small child crying from the far side of the room. Now, obviously, he was completely alone. It was quite sort of late at night. And Dan's teacher also knew the history of the house and that the top level used to be the nursery. So, at that point, he called a nine. He didn't go investigating. He didn't do any of the dumb things that people do. In oh, I love stories. this man. He actually just packed up a Well that done. Night. Good work. Good yeah. work. So, Dan also says there was one thing that happened to him. It's a bit tame, but he wanted to share it with us anyway. He says it was when he was in year seven. And so, he was new to the school. He was just got to the school. Um, and that the year sevens are usually taken on a tour around Old House within the first couple of weeks to sort of learn a little bit of its history. And that they start on the ground floor, which is the head teacher's office now and used to be George Singer's study. So one of the main features of this room was this huge old fireplace which had this button embedded in the wall next to it. And Dan says the button used to be part of a network that existed all over the house and worked as a calling system for the maids that worked there. And he says, naturally, this being a group of year seven kids, a few of the kids start pressing the button. And nothing happens. This is well and truly out of service. But as they were leaving the room, half of the class, including Dan, went stone cold as they passed through the doorway. He says the feeling was brief, but it was as if somebody else they couldn't see had just entered the room, answering the call. Uh, uh, I've got a
3: chill running through me. Yeah, old like
1: schools, hospitals, prisons, mills—it's just all bad. Yeah, yeah. I was—I was wondering. Like, I did see someone was uh, tweet today that was like, "I'm sick of I'm sick of ghosts. I'm sick of them being creepy Victorian children playing <laughs> jump rope. I Fair, want a ghost yeah. of a kid." who is throwing a Nintendo 64 controller at the wall because he's stuck on a level of Donkey Kong
2: Country.
3: <laughs> Relatable. Yeah.
2: Fuck that. So uh, now is the time for, as Dan describes it, the best slash worst part. Oh. For us, I presume it's just going to be the worst part. I don't yeah. think there's going to be any best to
3: this, it. This whole segment is just us. We've got like a world map on the desk, just crossing places off. Yeah, exactly like, right.
2: Yeah.
1: Can't believe yep. I'm going to stay in this room and never <laughs> leave
3: it. Yeah.
2: Home yeah. I mean, details is just a way for us to find out where not to go. It's like a reverse travel guide. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan says the stairway and landing areas are this huge open section in the middle of the building and that each corner of the stairs has this lion carving on the banister. Now, all of these lions face the same way, except for one right at the top. And Dan says the story goes that one day a maid was heading to the top floor but stopped when she saw one of the lion carvings turn to look at her. So she screamed and actually fell backwards and fell down the gap to the bottom floor where she died on impact as her head hit the solid oak flooring. So that's the story. But Dan says that it's not entirely factual.
3: Well, yeah, like for one, how do they know... How do they know? Like what? Who? You would need her first-hand account. I got <laughs> right. scared because I saw the statue turn. Like did right. someone, else see the statue turn and then see her fall. Interesting. Exactly right. Exactly
1: it's right. So it's already- the classic, you know, um, oh, he's a evil monster and he leaves no survivors. Where the stories come from? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So the facts that. Do exist are still pretty terrible Which is that a maid did scream and fall and die And there's even a dent still in the floor From where she hit that is also stained slightly darker oh. But apparently what she saw was one of Singer's sons Banging another maid Makes sense Yeah <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
3: Funny how often horniness creeps. Yeah, into those horniness things.
2: comes into the edges of. Uh, Keep those here. horny hometown stories coming. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan says that her grave is actually nearby, um, and that apparently any student who touches it becomes cursed with bad luck and will fail their exams. Oh, although Dan. Dan does also note that this was probably made up uh, by teachers uh, to try to get kids to do their work, or simply a correlation between the kind of people that would go touching old gravestones and the kind of people who fail exams.
1: Fuck. Need to test that theory. Need to have a straight A student touch that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So Dan finishes by saying that both teachers and students alike have seen Singer and the maid in Old House every so often. But that he, for which he's glad, never saw anything too scary himself. He also notes that if we'd like to see this building, we can Google Condon Court Coventry and get a glimpse of it for ourselves. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah,
1: I think I'll just imagine that house and it will look like nothing. I won't think about it. <laughs> Daniel, fuck you.
2: <laughs> but yeah, thanks Dan. Uh, our first ten tales, well done. All right, so our next one comes from Jacob. So Jacob starts with some lovely things as well. He says that he loves the pod. Just to hang
1: on, I need to... Damo, I'm going to have to stop your flow there because Sean has just looked down, yeah. looked back up, and he has... You've Googled the house, haven't you,
3: Chief? Oh, it
2: looks haunted. Oh, <laughs> God. I hate your initial bravery oh, shit. It looks... Oh, fuck. Okay.
3: Oh. yeah. Oh, hello, Hill House. Yeah, it looks spooky as fuck. Oh, there's, an, mm, there's like an old-timey heritage photo of it, black and white... Putting yep. the phone down? No, Sean. Zoom in on the yeah. windows. You fucking dickhead. Oh,
1: don't, don't do it. <laughs> He's gonna do it. Ah, oh, don't worry. don't give him ideas. The way Sean operates is he is brave for thirty seconds. One of the
3: windows is open. And I kick Sean out of his Zoom call. <laughs>
1: Two of them are open, actually. How do I kick Sean out of this podcast?
3: <laughs> oh, this has got a little... That's a bad idea. I never thought... Yeah. Don't zoom in no, on photos. Not the old Ever. ones.
2: No. Nah. Well, you told me to do
3: it. As a gag, man. Yeah, I don't know. You should have... Tell me next time dare me to do
2: it, but take my phone away for 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go back to Jacob and his nice words. So, Jacob... Yep. Sorry, Jacob. He loves the pod. He thinks we're amazing. He actually says that we got him through some of the hardest points in his life and that he can't thank Ooh. us enough. So that's very sweet and we do thank you for that. That's very kind of you, Jacob. But he also says saying all that, he's about to scare the shit out of us with his story. Ah,
1: should have just left it there, buddy. Yeah. The next words just needed to be, sincerely, Jacob. Instead they are, here is the scary thing. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yep.
2: So he starts by giving us a heads up that there was no second person involved and that so no one else experienced this. But him, so this mm. is something that he actually experienced, um, okay. so we can take comfort in that because it hasn't been sort of rectified, I guess. Yep, I don't, but okay. <laughs> so, firstly, he also tells us about his situation, which is that he suffers quite severely from anxiety and depression and has for all of his life. Uh, and because of this, he has broken down the different types of fear he experiences into four groups. Oh, wow, quite analytical about his fear, which I can respect.
1: This is some good empirical fear yeah. data.
2: So, the first is general anxiety, as in fear that he knows is made up by his illness. It's not real fear. It's just his illness rearing his ugly head. Following that, he says his normal fear, the kind of fear he assumes just everyone experiences. So just being scared. Uh, next is deliberate fear. The kind that comes from watching horror movies, which Jacob says he is a junkie of and which actually helps him control his fear.
1: Know thy enemy, Yeah, I think, is a quote that might exist in history. (laughs) I'm not sure. It sounded good though. This isn't history,
2: boys. This is a bunch of cowards (laughs) who don't do their research. (laughs) And then the last one is terror, which he says is the kind of fear that comes from sort of spooky supernatural stuff. And then the stories that he has for us completely feature the latter. It features Christ. terror.
1: I think that category is known in Scaredy Boy's circles as
2: shit you pants. Yeah, that's mm. the one. It's known as rude.
3: Yeah. Very rude. <laughs> it's known as normally we would
2: tell a guest, fuck you. <laughs> so can you guess where where uh, where Jacob lives?
1: Oh, does Jacob live in the most haunted place on earth in England? He lives in the UK.
2: Oh, there uh, so it is. So he comes from Fairham, which he says is actually the next town over from Haven, which you might remember from our Scaredy Stories 3 episode where Darius told us about the different forts that exist there. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, Jacob confirms, as mentioned in Darius's story, there are three forts. Fort Purbrook, Fort Nelson, and Fort Southwick. So, Jacob says that he too went to Purbrook for years to do archery. And it spent a lot of time in Fort Nelson, which contains a museum. And that's where the story starts. So Jacob says that due to its grim history, Fort Nelson is where a lot of the ghost walks actually happen, uh, which made extra scary by the facts that the forts are built into the side of a hill for the military advantage or were back in the day, meaning most of the building itself is underground with very little lighting. Most of it coming from these old electric lights that give off this eerie glow. Uh. So Jacob says there was one specific tunnel at Fort Nelson that always scared him personally. He says he didn't know the gruesome and cruel history of the fortification. when he would get these creeps he actually didn't know that there were sort of some terrible things that happened here as he was still pretty young between the ages of say 5 to 14 but there was something about this tunnel that scared him and he says the tunnel was long and dark and carved right out of the rock with rooms at the end uh, presumably prison cells and he says he's always, always been a bit of a scaredy boy but this was something different because the moment he stepped into the tunnel it was noticeably colder which he admits could be explained by the fact that it was built into rock, but that as he went further along the tunnel, it just kept getting colder and that he would start to feel this pressure around him and that growing that growing feeling that eyes were watching him. Oh, and, uh, the worst
1: feeling of all time.
2: Yeah. And he says he never got more than 10 metres without one of his parents b- beside him and even then they would sort of have to drag him through this tunnel. So great was his fear of it. Yep. He also says he's actually been caving before in tighter and and sort of more darker oh, spaces. No, Jacob. But that during that he never actually felt the same fear he got from this tunnel. Brave boy. Awesome. He does note that this was before watching the descent, and he's <laughs> yeah, not never really came. planning on he's he's going he's caving not again. Caving <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> Clever boy. Well done. Well done. Um, so he says he actually hasn't been back in years, and would be curious to see if he had, if this tunnel had the same effect on more grown up Jacob. That
1: just. Again, it's that it's that unquantifiable feeling of being watched that it's like I can't prove anything. Mm. Yeah. There's no part of it. But again, we developed that because animals ate us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because danger exists. Right.
2: It's a warning. Yeah.
1: It's the reason we could see green more than any other colour boys. Mm. It's a little Fargo season one it's reference good, for you. Good. Yeah.
3: That's why Damo's carpet was green.
2: <laughs> oh, the amount of different shades of green. Anything could have been hiding in that fucker. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Hulk's dick could have been floating around. You <laughs> oh, it. I, I vacuumed <laughs> right over that dick and never knew. Nah. No, no, no. You didn't. The house wasn't big enough. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jacob does actually have another story uh, and it starts when he was 12. Oh, so he said, Jesus. So, he says at nights he would feel like he was being watched, like there was a presence in his room. And he says over time this this actually grew until he would actually see a figure standing in the corner of his room. Oh. He says they were tall and dark with no distinctive features and male. He also says it wouldn't come every night and that the experience grew over time. Because it would only occasionally be paired with sleep paralysis And sometimes a woman would be screaming outside of his room He says that when this happened All he could do was cover his ears and wait for it to stop But then it continued to grow from there Because he would start to wake up with unexplained cuts and bruises on him Whoa Oh no He also says the figure would follow him at night when he was outside And he would know it was nearby because he would break out in goosebumps Fuck Jacob says this continued until he was 16, where on a night when his sister and parents were out of the house, the figure appeared as it usually did. But on this night, Jacob started screaming himself. He says he screamed at it for an hour, crying for it to go away until his voice became hoarse and he just couldn't scream anymore. But then after that, he never saw the figure. My again.
1: whole body is goosebumps. Yeah.
2: Why did we record at night? <laughs> I don't, I
1: don't know. I don't know. It's it's bullshit. Scaredy Boys should only record between the hours of 10.30am and (laughs) 10.35am. Business
3: hours.
2: Business hours of scary Boys with the suns. And only on sunny days. It can't even be a little bit cloudy. Yeah.
3: Take a a sabbatical during winter.
2: (laughs) Exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) So Jacob says he actually spoke to his therapist about this figure um, quite a lot, obviously, because it it scared him so much. Um, And his therapist concluded it was a symptom of his anxiety. But Jacob says that he isn't convinced and that when people ask him if he believes in ghosts or the supernatural, he says that he does but he still hopes that he's wrong and that he's always will- He's always welcome to hear people disprove him because for him, the scarier part of his experience wasn't the haunting, but just the knowing that some evil exists out in the world. Yeah, I hate that. I really hate that. that he is- does also have one more thing, which is that he's willing to accept the fuck you, we're likely to throw it in. And I think Sean <laughs> already <I> did.
3: <laughs> no, I, I retract it because I feel terribly about it. I just, oh, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I'm watching Hill House at the moment. Yeah. And... There's the character of Eleanor and it's like, that's the scariest thing. Yeah, yeah. Just the idea of sleep paralysis and just the idea of, you know, like a figure, a bent neck lady Mm. or, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking horrifying. Mm. I'm so glad I haven't copped that in my life and I just feel so bad for anyone who has. It's fucked. Yeah, that's it.
1: Utterly fucked. I have, I don't, literally as you were telling that story, Damo, my whole body Mm. just shivers. Like I felt it walk up the base of my spine to the back of my
2: neck. Right, because it's like he he just gave all these details of like oh, and then it got worse. And by the way, and then it got some worse some more. Seeing
1: it outside of the context of where it should be is bad too. Yeah,
3: yeah, Yeah. very. Yeah. Um. Silver lining is that it stopped. I guess. Yeah. That's fucking
2: great news. I guess anyone getting haunted, try screaming at it. See what happens. Yeah. All right. So moving on, our next hometown tale comes from Caleb. Uh, who says that he loves the podcast and that he's never been scared by many horror movies? So hearing our reactions is really interesting to him. Um, which uh, you're welcome, I guess. Um, he does say he have dance, a- <laughs> dance puppets. <laughs> he does say he that the the scary stories that we've been doing have um, had him pissing his pants. So the idea that it could be real is enough to mm, scare him. Bongo. Oh, don't. Sean, why do I say bongo every fucking bonus episode? I just That's, that's where my mind goes. Yeah, I'm haunted forever. Yep. It's ruined my life, yep.
3: quite frankly.
1: <sighs> I <guess. Yeah>. Fuck you, <laughs> Sean. Go, fuck you to hell with bongo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Caleb lives in Bendigo here in Victoria. Um, and then in doing some research, found some newspaper articles from September of 1989 that detail a prevailing ghost scare. So, the article he found reported of a group of men who were arrested at Lake Wirinona, a hotspot for ghost encounters, masquerading in women's clothes, and that one of these men, Johnson, was carrying an iron poker and claimed to be looking for ghosts. Then, days later, a woman was visiting Johnson's house. It was evening, and in the front yard, a figure in white appeared in front of her and began to dance around. This woman who's way braver than us, threw a rock at this dancing figure. Oh, no. Which caused it to smack her and then jump over this seven-foot high wall.
1: Whoa. Okay. Right. Fuck.
2: So, Caleb's got this from a newspaper article. (laughs) Uh, And then basically what happened, he followed the article sort of over the next few days. And this news goes around town. So, a few days following, a group of youths are patrolling the area in search of the ghost, with a gun oh, wow! Oh because in the old days they didn't fuck around yeah. no they did not <laughs> you fuck see a ghost around. you throw a rock at it it's, if it smacks you you pull the gun yeah. so they spot it and they fire the gun as the ghost once more jumps over the fence except it loses its white visage which drops on the ground behind it and actually turns out to just be this sheet of white Muslim and so Caleb says that apparently the men that apparently men dressed as ghosts were a public menace during the Victorian era <laughs> And that some of these guys were like playful and performed circus tricks, which I suppose <laughs> explains this this jump over the seven-foot wall. That is good. <laughs> and others were a bit more sinister, so they would actually sort of get up to no yeah. good in these ghost costumes. Uh, Caleb also says that nearby in Ballarat in the early 1900s, a ghost, in quotation masks took to the rooftops, <laughs> exposing himself and assaulting women. So this guy wore this white... Body suit with these knee-high rubber boots, a long white coat, a white slouch hat with a feather and a mask, and was running around town as a ghost. So a reward of 500 pounds was offered for his capture, and he was eventually that caught. That is a lot of money. That's a lot yeah. of cash, right? Uh, and he was eventually caught and found to be this guy Herbert Patrick McLennan, a well-respected, fairly posh Englishman who worked as a elocutionist. Yeah.
1: It's always it's always the posh Posh blokes who are running around pretending to be ghosts in the middle of the night, showing yeah. their penises to people. Ghost dick, the Ballarat ghost dick.
3: Is not That's great. sweet, ghost dick. Tom, do yeah. you remember? Uh, I reached out to that guy who put an ad in the paper. Yes. Was he Ballarat or Bendigo? He was Bendigo. He was forming. Demo. Did I ever tell you this? There was a guy in Bendigo who put this an ad in the paper. He wanted to start up a ghost hunting club. Okay. And it was like, here's my email address. And I thought, what the fuck? This is going to be fun. I emailed him yeah. to suss it out. And then he did get back to me, but I never responded to him. I've always regretted that. <laughs> do you reckon, this is years ago, do you reckon I can like find that email? I reckon you could. And just be like, hey, I think his name is Greg. Hey, Greg, sorry I never got back to you. Um, Just
2: wanted to yeah. know how to go, man. How'd everything pan yeah, out? Yeah. Give me the goss. Ask him if he saw some of that ghost dick.
1: <laughs> Are you excited to get an email back from not the person who put the ad being like, oh, he disappeared that oh, night. We've yeah. never seen him again. <laughs> oh,
3: I'm going to try it. Yeah. Next time we do one of these EPs, I'll have an update on um, the ghost squad from
2: Bendigo.
1: I think it was Bendigo, yeah.
2: Bendigo or Ballarat was one of them. <laughs> so, um, Caleb says that it's theorized that many people took to the streets as ghosts to escape the strict Victorian values at the time, and that it actually started in London with a figure called Springheel to Jack. But it became easier in Australia due to a less properly organised police force. Uh, Caleb also says that while they may not be real ghosts, psycho Victorian gentlemen who assault the public still scared him quite a bit.
1: I mean, they're also scarier, because, like, you can't just yell at them or throw salt at them or, you know, do other ghost tricks. Like, Mm. that's just a
2: man. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I quite liked that one. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> I'm glad he sent that to us. And, you know, I'm not as scared because it's not Victorian times and people aren't running around in ghost costumes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got one more for us for the night, guys. Uh, and this one comes from Joshua. So Joshua, who, apart from putting his hand up to be the fourth scaredy boy, uh, also gave us a bunch of spooky recommendations. So firstly, Josh... You already are the fourth Scaredy Boy because basically Scaredy Boy membership isn't li- limited to the three people on this podcast. Yeah. It's, it's all of us.
1: All of you are the fourth Scaredy Boy. Exactly <laughs> right.
2: It's every person out there who has a healthy fear of horror movies. So congratulations, you're on board. Anyway, Josh says that, yep, he's a Scaredy Boy, that he, but that he's been starting to warm up to horror films. Although horror games and haunted houses can fuck right off and that, he, that the paranormal makes him very uneasy. Good boy. Smart. He also says it's hard for him to say if his tale is categorically paranormal, but he can say it's certainly supernatural. Okay. okay. Josh grew up near Sydney and went to a school around 20K from the city. He's currently 18, but this story takes place at his primary school or more accurately around it. And Josh says the positioning of this primary school is the ideal location for a haunting, and it's as it's situated right in between an old church and a large hospital. Oh, that's a double oh, whammy. That's yeah. that's a triple whammy because also school... Schools are also haunted now, apparently. Oh,
1: that's oh, a trifector of fuck off.
2: Yeah. So he says, while both had creepy vibes, there was nothing to suggest either location was haunted with anything more than a family of mice that lived within one of the pipes in the church organ. Oh, don't say pipes. <laughs> oh. Instead, the story that he has focuses on the bushland which bordered all three of the buildings. The kids at his school called... The trees. So the trees, Josh says, are a wall of tall gums which quickly delve into darkness only a few metres into the thicket. He also says, as kids are want to do, as Tom, we know from your story, they would tease each other about going into the trees and that there was a list of spooky stories about them that got passed around the school from people who sort of braved their way in. Yeah, He says most were dumb camp stories used to make kitties wet their pants, but every so often the stories would line up too well to reality. So additionally, they were never allowed near the edge of the trees, as any school wouldn't let them. Josh says this was partly common sense. Uh, They'd all heard enough stories and watched Blair Witch far too young to know that nothing good ever happens in a dark forest. But it was more than that because the area was always carefully guarded by adults and teachers on lunch duty, who would often stay at the far corner of the Oval, unable to see most of the school campus, but with a direct line of sight to the edge of the trees. He also says that there was no animals in that area, that possums and native birds would often frequent the school itself, but they were never really in the trees and he never saw any birds even flying above it. (sighs) If the birds
1: hate it, you know you're in trouble.
2: (laughs) So he also says that even though it was almost instinctual to stay away from these trees, that sometimes they would call to people. Oh, no. So during his time in the area, he had four instances of people being drawn to the trees. Oh, this is not good. The first was a four-year-old child who lived about two and a half Ks from the trees. So his mother had come out the back door into their garden, surprised to see that the gate was swinging open, mostly as it had a lock too high for a four-year-old to really reach. Around 15 minutes after this discovery, the kid's mum received a call from another woman who had found the kid walking by the school, having walked the entire distance himself. When asked what he'd been doing, the boy described a tall old man who wore a cloak and had promised to show the boy his house in the trees. Oh,
1: fuck. So there's like just two things on that. Yeah. If it's a ghost, bad. If it's a real man, bad.
2: Yeah, either way, it's Neither worse. of the versions of the worse. story are good. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of decided that the kid had made it up. He had sort of imagined this man... But no one had tried to explain how the four-year-old had to have been moving at around 7 k's per hour to reach the destination that quickly. Why his overalls now stank? Which Josh described the smell as being of rotten flesh and burnt hair. This, that's, uh, that's Blair Witch stuff. It's icky. It's not good. Yeah. I can't believe they... Don't build your school there. No, no. Yeah, I can't believe with those
3: facts, they just went, oh, he's made it up. Right. Did no one go in and search the trees? Right.
2: Like we said, even if it was a... A non-ghost man and an actual yeah, man. Yeah, still a, a potential pedophile, <laughs> right?
1: Next to a school who lives in the trees and is like, "Hey kids, I'll show you my, I'll show you my collection of burnt yeah. hair." Oh
3: <laughs> man, that feels like something that, like, back in the day, parents were like, "Whatever," but if it happened now, It'd be like, "No, no, no, yeah. no, yeah," no.
2: let's the burn the trees down, up. put a lock yeah, on this. They'd bomb the school, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: they would yeah. Just nuke it. That whole suburb doesn't exist now. <laughs>
2: just in case. <laughs> So Josh goes on to say that the second victim of the trees had gotten actually much closer. So this was a middle-aged man who had been admitted to the hospital nearby after driving under the influence. So the man had crashed into a light pole and completely crushed both his legs. So he'd been constrained to a wheelchair and was on a variety of painkillers. And Josh says he knows all this because a close friend was doing work experience at the hospital when the man came in and she was actually tasked to take the man outside once a day. So one day Josh's friend had arrived at the man's room to take him outside, as she did every day, only to find that his wheelchair was missing. She assumed to had been taken away for another patient, and so she left the room before realising, oh shit, the bed was empty, he's not there. In fact, no one had even realised the man had left the building until someone who had been out walking had found him by the trees, sprawled across the gravel with blood pouring out of his knees, and his fingers dug deep into the soil. Ugh. And they called triple zero. So his wheelchair had been found halfway between him and the hospital, supposedly abandoned after getting stuck on the curb, and the man had resorted to dragging himself across the rocky ground after that. Oh fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. So once again, Josh says the man was sort of was asked why he left his room and claimed that an old man wearing a raincoat had promised to show him his house in the trees. Fucking hell, I don't like that. One bit. Fuck me. So this friend of Josh's basically wasn't allowed to take the man out in his wheelchair after this. But she did help put him back into bed and take his hospital gown off to be cleaned as it was stained red with blood and now smelt of rotting flesh and burnt hair.
1: Oh, uh, not the burnt hair raincoat, man.
2: Yeah. So the next incident.
1: Uh, i got to go to bed at some point, Damon, I'm not going <laughs> to sleep for four weeks.
2: So this one took place when Josh and his friends were in year six and about three weeks from graduating out of primary school. And Josh says it was a dangerous combination of morbid fascination and pubescent hormones, which caused them to walk towards the trees. Josh says it was him and four of his closest friends, and they decided before they left the school that they wanted to break the record for getting closest to the trees. Just not smart. No. Like, did they act wisely or foolish? I know you're in grade Dump. six, but come Dump. on.
1: I don't want that record. I want the record for the furthest <laughs>
2: Yeah, the let's- trees. It let's... takes courage
3: to not walk towards the trees.
2: <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of us three at the school. We're just literally the most opposite corner from the trees as we can get.
1: We refuse to go to any classrooms. We're just in one corner of the school. Swapping
2: Pokemon cards. (laughs) So Josh says they waited till the end of school and made their way down to the grass. And Josh said they got close. They were at the end of the grass and then they just stood there, sort of three metres from the edge, staring into the trees, trying to see anything, all of them trying to look brave. Josh says he was terrified. He says, you know when someone walks up behind you and you can sort of sense them coming closer and feel their vibrations through the ground? Well, that sensation started from behind them. He says he looked at his friends and it was obvious they felt it too, and similarly wanted to run as far away from there as possible, but just couldn't bring themselves to turn around and see what had started to now sprint towards them. He says just when it felt that this being was about to crash into them, the feeling disappeared, and the group collectively let out like an audible sigh. But they weren't finished because a wind blew over them and Josh says the air now stunk of rotting flesh and smoke oh, and fuck, I hate this. I hate it. felt as if someone was leaning over his shoulder as a voice by his ear whispered, Don't run. And then began to scream. And Josh says it was deafening, but it didn't sound like it came from behind them or even from the trees. He says the noise was literally coming from within their own heads. Oh,
1: my whole body, my whole, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I hate this. Oh, I, I want to quit this podcast forever. Yeah. I never want to do this. Should we just? Should we
3: just?
2: Again? Maybe this. We don't air this episode. Maybe we just stop right now. This. This oh. is
3: just leaving a bad taste in my mouth.
2: Yeah. I should have saved the fun Victorian dandies' ghost well, Yeah, lot. you should
1: have. I wanted to know about the horny men in their cakes. <laughs> I'm sorry, boys. Fucking hell.
2: So is that it? No, nah, there's a little bit more. You son of a bitch. So Josh finally looked behind it, but he saw nothing there. But when he looked back, his friend Jaden was slowly walking towards the trees, still screaming, with his eyes closed but his body fully relaxed. So Josh says his flight response told every part of him to run, whereas his fight response told him to hurry up and try to save Jay and that by some miracle that part won out. He ran towards the trees trying to get in between Jaden and the forest to stop stop him from crossing over. He says he made it about half a metre between the two of them and then kicked Jaden in the knees, which caused him to topple backwards. And it also seemed to work to break the trance it was in because Josh says he immediately started running for the school. So Josh went to follow, but then felt his collar go tight, like someone had grabbed his tie. He says thankfully he was only year six, and so he didn't know how to actually tie a tie. Instead, it was actually attached by this elastic band, (laughs) which quickly snapped against his throat and released him. Josh says his friends had promised to never really talk about that day again, and that Jaden now has regular episodes of sleepwalking where he yells and tries to leave his house in the middle of the night.
1: Wonder where he's trying to go, boys.
2: So, is this where, where is this again?
1: Is this in the UK? Sydney. Sydney,
2: yeah. Yeah, this was near Sydney. Oh, well, yeah. never going to Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Make it whole New South Wales. Let's yeah. just, uh, fuck let's crack.
1: Anywhere north of us.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anywhere but our three homes. I'm not going to leave this room.
3: Yeah. Is that the end of it?
2: Touch more. Oh. <sighs> So, he also says that the last case, the fourth case, and this is very, very quick, was of someone being drawn to the trees was this old dementia patient who had walked from the hospital to never actually be seen again. Whoa. And that her hospital gown was found by the edge of the trees and that it smelt, but that it had been folded and tied neatly up with an elastic band. Fucking hell, mate. So, he also says that he's a student of ancient history and that he'd like to give us some comfort with the fact that a majority of ghosts or creatures or supernatural beings mentioned throughout ancient history have actually been Friendly Guardians, not Evil Monsters.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound like a Friendly Guardian.
2: Nope. Right, this one is not that at all. I'm that not going to sleep. Like, yeah, I'm not no, even that's, joking.
3: That's one of the worst. This Josh. is bullshit. At least when we do fucking movies, it's like, eh, ah, it's just a movie.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Josh, just get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get all the way fucked Yeah, fuck off into the
3: trees, boy <laughs> No, don't No, that I d- I, no, I I don't do I retract that, that immediately do that. yeah. Oh, yeah, That's horrible That's no. really horrible to live there Go
2: um, go, give Jaden a big hug for us
3: Damo, is there any info about this on, on the internet Or is this just sort of a, a, a legitimate hometown sort of urban legend?
2: All I've got is what Josh sent So yeah, I don't really have any more He's he just, like I said, he, he was about 20 k's from the city It was his primary school, he didn't really give more, more details than that I hate it I fucking hate it. So, yeah, I reckon we cut all New South Wales off Yeah, because that way I never have to go to the Pillager. Can't
1: believe we're going to have to blow up an entire state with dynamite. (laughs) No, we're not going to the Pillager.
2: Good. Thank you, Short. This this has made it worth it if you're saying we're not going to the Pillager. This has has
3: gotten too real. (laughs) This might be Uh. the final episode of the show. Right. (laughs) God, I thought we were just watching bloody... Kurt Russell fight the thing. <laughs> in a big, big hat. And the kush just being sexy and...
1: Slapping people.
3: Slapping people <laughs> who don't probably deserve it and just yeah. dominating the silver screen. I didn't expect this bullshit. No.
2: No. So, look, Fuck. this is the part where I ask people to send in their hometown tales if they've got something. Should I do it or we just call Look,
1: it? let them send them in and... I don't know. Send them in, but this segment is under review. This, this segment is under... In its first ever iteration, this segment is under the biggest review of its fucking life.
3: It's going to undergo an external review.
1: Yeah, We're going to we're gonna actually give it to the rest of Sans Pants to uh, get back on. We're too close to it. We need to bring in external <laughs>
2: yeah. external people. Yep. Let's God. hand these cursed reins over to someone else. Fuck. Um, but if you would like to email us your hometown tale, you can do so at three threescaredboys at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, at Scaredy Boys. Or you can find us individually on Twitter. I'm Amit Pajamas. I'm a
3: Carney from 55. And
2: I'm in the trees, boys. (laughs) Fuck you, Tom. Bye, Tom. Love you, mate. (sighs) Good riddance. (laughs) Stay scared, everyone.
1: Keep
0: those horny hometown stories coming, folks. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do,